Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 200. This episode is brought to you by Memoria Press, classical Christian curriculum from preschool through 12th in all the subjects. This is a really solid curriculum. We used classical phonics and the first start reading program with my youngest when she was in kindergarten. And because it's such a a solid curriculum. It will give you the confidence you need to teach your children how to read. We know this is one of the most nerve wracking responsibilities of new homeschool parents, but with a curriculum like classical phonics and the first start reading program, you can successfully navigate kindergarten and into first grade. The lessons are short and easy to use. It uses a word family approach to phonics instruction. And this is a black and white, no bells and whistles curriculum. And my youngest really appreciated not being distracted by too much going on in the book, too much color. It was a really simple aesthetic, nothing flashier over the top, just simple phonics instruction. And she really did well with it. So if you need something that will give you the confidence to teach your kids how to read, check out Memoria Press and their Classical Phonics First Start Reading Program. You can find them at 41more.com forward slash MP for Memoria Press, 41more.com forward slash MP. Hello and welcome to episode 200. You can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 200. Today we're answering the question from a podcast listener, and this is from Sarah. She said, I'm a homeschool graduate and now trying to get ready to homeschool her son. And she wondered if we could cover the topic of homeschooling as a former homeschooled child. She says she feels like she's starting from a different place than other moms, and she would love to hear advice from someone in a similar situation. So I was never homeschooled growing up, so I knew I couldn't talk about this topic. So I reached out to my different homeschool blogging colleagues and other podcasters to see if I could find someone who would feel like they had something to say about this topic. And so today we're chatting with Sarah McCubbin from 10minutemomentum.com. She was homeschooled, also went to public school, and also private school. So she has a little bit of a broad perspective, but I am excited to hear what advice she would give to Sarah. So this is a fun topic. I also just noticed that the question was from a Sarah and our answer is going to be from a Sarah. So that's kind of fun. So here is my conversation with Sarah McCubbin from 10 Minute Momentum and her advice of how you homeschool as a former homeschooled child. Hey, Sarah, thanks for joining us today. I'm glad you're here. Well, thanks for having me. This is really exciting. I'm glad to be here. 
Absolutely. So before we jump into our topic, which was brought to us by a listener, go ahead and just introduce yourself. Where do you live? Tell us about your family and, you know, maybe a little bit about your educational background since that's what we're talking about today. Sure. Well, my name is Sarah and I've been married for 23 years. My husband and I have nine kids, so we've got a whole variety. They're ages four to 20 and we live in Ohio and um, my own educational background is very mixed. I was homeschooled for kindergarten and that was the first time I was homeschooled. And then my parents sent me to public school for elementary school and halfway through sixth grade, something wasn't working, something wasn't right. And so they decided to homeschool me. So I was pulled out and for a year and a half, I was homeschooled and, and then they pivoted again and they put me in a private school um, from 8th to 11th grade. And um, after that year, we pulled me out of school and I went and did early college. I actually graduated from a public school that I never attended. And I then went on to a public and private university. So I have a huge eclectic mix of an education. So. And nine kids. I guess I didn't realize you had such a large family. That's yes. amazing. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Got a All whole right. variety. <laughs> yes. I love that. Um, so what, okay. So when your parents homeschooled you, and I mean, I know like we're right in our forties, right? Am I, am I, I okay. We yeah. won't go specifically how yeah. we're, but we're in our forties. <laughs> so, I mean, when you were homeschooled back in elementary, that was a long time ago. That's kind of in the dark ages of homeschooling too, I would say. So, I mean, and I wonder back then if parents, they didn't have as, I don't know, maybe they weren't as, um, they didn't feel as free to do all sorts of stuff the way families do now. Like That's how right. was your homeschooling back then? What kind of approach was it? Well, I'm, I have never actually asked my parents, like, what was your philosophy? But I don't even really know that people back then had a philosophy. You didn't have like a million homeschool curriculums to choose from. I think they chose to homeschool me just because my mom wanted to try it out. I mean, that's what I think. And so we used a Becca for kindergarten curriculum, but I think they probably had two other choices at that point, you know, like they didn't have like Charlotte Mason and classical and like all these different approaches that families have. Now you pretty much had just a few textbook companies and we did not have a co-op or anything like that. I've talked to other families in this area and there weren't co-ops. There were like support groups, but there were no Mm co-ops. So it was pretty, I mean, isolated, if that's what you want to call it, just we weren't, we didn't do things with other homeschool families. It was just, and that was the same in middle school too. There might've been some co-ops, but I really don't think there were, there were support groups, but I didn't really do anything with other homeschool kids. I did things with church groups and stuff like that, but those kids went to school. So yeah, it was, it was really different, wasn't it? So would you say it was successful? Did you enjoy your years homeschooling? Yeah, I did. I did enjoy homeschooling. I mean, kindergarten was kindergarten, so I don't really have like mm-hmm. anything there. But my parents pulled me out of school halfway through sixth grade because um, there were some things going on in the school that they weren't comfortable with. And so they pulled me out. And for half of sixth and all of seventh, I was homeschooled. And I was a really socially awkward kid. I was um, not someone that knew how to talk to people. I didn't know how to dress. I didn't know how to act around people. So I was pretty 
uncomfortable in school anyway. And so homeschooling was just this huge sigh of relief. You know, I could just be me. I could be my awkward little self and it didn't really matter. And I could read books all day and do my schoolwork and not feel that social pressure. So I loved it. Like I don't have any bad memories from it. I thought it was great. Yeah. That is a huge plus. Some kids are more anxious when everyone's, you know, looking at them, judging them, the teacher, the the other students. I mean, it is kind of like a sigh of relief. You could just focus on what you're learning and not worry about all that. So I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So like looking back, would you have some of like highlights? What, what were the best parts of your homeschooling experience? Would you say? I think Probably the best part for me, my mom was a little bit hands off. I was a pretty independent learner. So probably the best part for me was being able to read a ton of books. I mean, some she assigned and some were just ones I wanted to read. And again, if you're a reader, if you're that kid, that feels amazing to just be able to read books all day. Mm -hmm. And I, um, like I said, I didn't have a co-op, but I had my church group and we did Bible quizzing. And I was very successful at that because I had excessive amounts of time to study. So even though I was kind of a socially awkward kid, I was able to find an area to be really successful in, which I think is important when you're homeschooled or whether you're in school or any anything. I think it's really important that kids find an area that's like, yes, this is the thing I'm good at. So that was the thing I was able to be good at in sixth and seventh grade. And so I felt like even though I wasn't around kids all the time, when I was, I was in some things that I was good at. So that was good. Um, Mm -hmm. So do you think being homeschooled as a kid, you know, off and on, did it make you more likely to homeschool your own kids or less likely? How did that play into your decision? I think it made me comfortable with the idea of homeschooling, Mm -hmm. but because I had done all these other schooling methods, I wasn't sold on homeschooling. I didn't think it was like the be all end all. I didn't have a terrible public school experience. I didn't have a terrible private school experience. I mean, I could see pros and cons out of every experience because of my own. And so I think it made me comfortable with the idea, but not necessarily like, we're going to do it. In fact, I wasn't going to homeschool. Like that wasn't my plan. Mm -hmm. I was going to send my kid to school, but um, that didn't work out. So (laughs) that's funny too. Like I was never homeschooled. I went to private school, but I taught in public school after graduating. So I saw both of those and then homeschool was never on my radar either. I actually was like, I need to find a Christian school for my kids. It's funny how, when you make plans, it's like, it doesn't always end up what you think. Right. No, no. it is funny that way. Like sometimes your own, your own personal experience doesn't even affect what you end up doing with your kids. But, um, so when you started homeschooling, okay. So when you started homeschooling your kids, what ages were they? Like, did you start right at the beginning with them? I guess I forgot to ask, ask that. Yeah. So my oldest was in kindergarten when we decided to use an online public charter school. And we chose that because I wasn't going to homeschool and I didn't, know anything really about doing it as a parent, you know, even though I'd been homeschooled. And we chose that because my husband worked nights and the regular schedule would have meant he didn't really get to see my son very much. So that was kind of the, that was the plan. We do the online charter school and, you know, then my husband could see my son. But as I don't know if every homeschool parent comes into homeschooling without a philosophy I didn't have a philosophy of education for sure. I was just kind of like, 
teach my kid, right? Like that was the philosophy. I didn't like know anything about anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But I realized very quickly that I must have some kind of philosophy because it wasn't working. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like the online charter school was so much work. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a lot of busy work. And so my son wasn't enjoying school. And so I realized that was part of my philosophy that my kids should enjoy learning. Yeah. Right. And um, so that we pivoted. We did start homeschooling halfway through kindergarten. So okay. but that's how we got there. We started as an online charter school and wasn't working. And I thought my kids should enjoy learning. And so that was the step number one in my philosophy of education. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good. I mean, to be able to be flexible and pivot when you need to pivot. Right. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's helpful. So like, did you, was there anything in your homeschooling background that, that you were like, okay, I definitely want to do this when I home, like when you started homeschooling your kids, you were like, I definitely want to do this. Me, I don't know, maybe not because things were so different within those several decades, but was there anything? Uh, well, when I look back, I think, I think if I was going to pick one thing, it would be that I wanted it to actually, I mean, I wanted it to work, you know, that's a big, that's a big pressure point for homeschool parents. Like, what if I try this and it doesn't work, you know, and my kids not learning or whatever. So I, I was always tuned in to, are they actually learning? I don't actually care about grades. Mm -hmm. Um, That to me is not the most effective way of measuring learning, Mm -hmm. but are they learning? Are they frustrated with the learning? Are they, is this at their level? Are they enjoying it? Are they engaged? Are they able to apply it? That kind of thing. And I actually think that's the reason my parents put me back in school was that I was at a point where I I had kind of focused on just a couple subjects. And those were the subjects I wanted to learn. And they were like, oh boy, this isn't going to work long-term if she only does reading and math. She's got to have something more well-rounded. And their situation at the time was like, private school is the best option. Mm -hmm. And so I always wanted to make sure that my kids, whatever we were doing, they were actually learning it. And that seems silly, but it has, it actually has led to several pivots for us that, that it wasn't just checking a box. They were learning that they were enjoying it. And then it wasn't just, mm-hmm. you know, tunnel vision. So tell us about those pivots. If you want to just briefly summarize, like sure. what, what did that mean? What did that look like? So one of our kids, he was a middle child. I don't know if that plays into it or not. He was very active. And when he was like in fourth grade, my brother who'd been very active too said, Hey, you should try this school with him. It was a private school. And I said, no, 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 no. Anyway, God opened a door and God paid for it. (laughs) And so he went to school for a year and it was amazing to watch the transformation of that child um, go from not caring about learning to suddenly caring. And that was probably the first thing that opened my eyes to like, hey, there can be different things in different seasons for each kid where we might pivot to try school or to try different, like we've, we've done like um, one day a week um, homeschool hybrids or tutoring or early college or all these different things. But that was the first time where we really tried something with a kid and it really lit them up and made a difference. Mm -hmm. So we have, we have some kids in school now, some are homeschooled, um, but we really do look at it every year and say, is this the best thing for each kid right now. I always met parents that did that and didn't 
know what that looked like. But we we pretty much only homeschooled for 12 years before we made that pivot. So anyway, that's kind of what that's, we do. Yeah, that's helpful to hear, though, because some people, it's almost like they need permission to do that. You know, they yeah. need to hear, oh, someone else did it and it did work. It's I'm not going to ruin my kids like, you know, right. Right. And, and actually the whole ruin my kids thing, I was concerned about that too, because the school we sent him to, yeah, there were some things that I thought, I don't know if this is quite my philosophy, but we have that conversation all the time of like, well, what are you learning anyway? Even if, even if this is a negative situation, what are you learning? And in that way, I think we've lifted the failure idea off of everybody. Like, even if it doesn't work and we change plans, what did we learn this year yeah. about this method, about this choice? What yeah. did we learn about ourselves? What did we learn about other people? What are we going to take forward into the next situation? So, but I do think that it helps to have us. It's helpful to have permission to like, look at, look around, see what yeah. looks interesting, investigate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've seen families and their kids grew up in public school and they turned out beautifully. But I find that the common denominator is those really involved parents who are yes. having relationships and conversations with their kids and they're, they know what their kids are learning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't be an absent parent, even if you're homeschooling, if they're in private school, public school, I think the common denominator is the parent and like yes. their involvement and interest in what their kids are doing. Yes. And I have kids in private school and you can see the same thing there. There, I mean, I went to a private school. You can see yeah. some who are not. Same thing in homeschooling. You can be a really involved parent or you can kind of let it let it go and and it doesn't really work out. Yeah. You know, there are kids that graduate from homeschooling and are not prepared for the world. But if the parents are, <laughs> yeah. if the parents, you know, were involved, then that doesn't usually happen. Mm-hmm. So so when you look back at your homeschooling experience growing up, was there were there things that you were like, I'm definitely going to do something different here with my own kids? Was there anything like that? Well, not really. But I mean, I didn't homeschool probably for long enough for me to feel like my parents were a failure at anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that my experience was kind of the opposite. Like my parents pivoted a few different times. So I think that's what I took away from my whole educational experience was that it's okay to pivot. It's okay to look at something different, try something new. If it doesn't work, you can pivot again. Mm -hmm. Um, And my parents always, I think one of the things that I do appreciate is my parents were always kind of an open book. They didn't say, nope, you're not doing this anymore. We're making this decision for you. I was I was allowed to be part of that conversation, even if they made the final decision. And I think that's important that kids get to at least be part of the thinking process and why a change is being made if parents need to pivot. Mm -hmm. So would you say there were some benefits you've seen in your own life from having that homeschool experience yourself? Absolutely. Probably because it happened when I was in junior high, which is a very stressful, awkward stage, even if you're not a stressful, awkward kid. And it's just a, it's a hard age. Mm -hmm. I think that I have, my husband and I both have been able to make some really non-traditional decisions in our life. We were foster parents for eight years, even though we had a lot of kids, we've pivoted in and out of the homeschool community, which can be less than popular. We've done some things with our church um, the way we do church, that's not very popular. We've just done a lot of things that are like, you know, we've just felt led a different way. 
And we are comfortable doing that. I think largely because homeschooling prepares you to think differently. It's like, hey, just because the whole world does something a certain way, it doesn't mean you have to do it that way. And it allows you to have that freedom to think differently, to have, you know, to think about your family as a unique family and what does it need. And I I love that. I love being, you know, having that flexibility. And I love offering that freedom to other people to think differently. Mm -hmm. So now the main question our listener wanted to know, because, and I, I can kind of see where she's coming from is saying like, when you've been homeschooled in your past, I mean, you've got this experience, you've got certain um, pros and cons you've seen of homeschooling. You're starting at a different place from a parent who never has homeschooled or was homeschooled. Right. So, I mean, she felt like she has unique challenges. She can't really relate to the moms who were, you know, went to public school their whole lives and now are homeschooling their kids. She's saying, you know, I feel like, I have a different starting point than everyone else. So can you speak to that? Like, what are some of those unique challenges maybe she's feeling you noticed in your own situation when you have had homeschooling in your past and then you start to homeschool your own kids? I think um, a really helpful way to start that thought process is to first consider like the strength you are bringing to the table when you are interacting with other moms or just when you're stepping out into the world, what strengths do you have? Whether that's being really observant, whether that's, you know, being, you know, self-directed, really independent, all of those are really helpful and many more. And having that confidence and awareness when you begin this process of asking these questions, because sometimes we can say I'm different and that's bad, but I think it's better to say, well, I feel different but that means I have something unique to offer to the world. And as a homeschool, if you were only homeschooled, I can definitely understand how that would be challenging, not to have only been homeschooled, but just to understand what other things are out in the world. And I would say just get curious. Like, it is okay if you have never had a different experience to be really curious and to ask other people around you who had a different experience what theirs were. Like, People will think it's unique if you've only been homeschooled. Like they will think it's very unique, but I don't think they'll think it's bad. I think they'll think it's unique, especially if you ask really good questions. I think it's going to be a huge bridge builder to ask other people, um, hey, what did you love about your public school experience? What did you learn from it? Would you do it again with your own kids? You know, all the questions we're asking here today flip those around and ask other people about their public school experience, about their private school experience. And and actually, you know, most of these schools, at least where I live, most of the schools have been pretty open about like, hey, come check us out. Come to our open house. Come, you know, investigate. It costs nothing to do any of those things. If as a homeschool parent, you're like, I just don't know. And I want to know more. Go to some of those open houses. Don't you don't have to enroll your kids. It's just Go use the free access that's available and ask the questions. They'll sit down with you if you want to talk about enrolling your kids or if you just want to ask questions. You don't have to enroll your kids to find out information. So just being curious, ask lots of good questions and, you know, follow those rabbit trails wherever they take you. I think you will find that you're you actually have a lot more to bring to the table than you realize. Abby, I know that you had 
a listener who um, actually was the motivation for this podcast, who had some great thoughts about what it's like to be a second generation homeschooler. And I think when you homeschool as a second generation person, that without knowing what the other experiences are, it can be easy to kind of second guess the decisions that you're making. And if anything, I think second generation homeschoolers are in a better position to homeschool their own kids because they know what it felt like to be homeschooled. And they also know other people that have been homeschooled and what their experiences were. For example, I have friends that were homeschooled and some of them absolutely loved it. They absolutely thrived and it was fantastic. And then for others, it was kind of an isolating experience or maybe they weren't able to do some of the activities that they would have been really good at. Some of them really struggled not necessarily academically, but they did struggle socially, even though that's not a popular thing to say. Um, So I think if you have been homeschooled, you're in an even better position than non-homeschooled people um, to understand what potential pitfalls there are. And just because you have met someone or you know someone that didn't love it, I don't think that that is a big enough reason not to consider homeschooling. After all, um, those of us that went to public school or private school, we also know that there were students there that didn't love the school experience they had. So um, just because we know about the potential pitfalls doesn't mean we have to discount it completely. Now, that said, using what you know, you can look at every situation through the filter, not of your own knowledge, but of your your kid's learning style. I think this is really important when you're trying to figure out what kind of homeschool experience you should have. It's really valuable to really observe your child and think about what makes them thrive. What are they really good at? And how do they learn best? For example, if you have a child that's very, very visual, um, they might enjoy computer learning or more videos, books with pictures. If you have a kid that's extremely auditory, they might love to learn from audiobooks. And many curriculum providers have expanded their offerings from when we were homeschooled a long time ago to make their products more accessible to kids with a variety of learning styles. So instead of discounting or, um, you know, choosing not to use something we've used in the past, I think the best way as a second generation homeschooler to look at the curriculum that's available now is to say, hey, what is my kid's learning style and what is available and Once you've seen what's available for their learning style, go look and see reviews of what other people have thought of that curriculum who have a child that's very auditory or very uh, kinesthetic or very visual, whatever. Um, Like I said, I think that as a second generation homeschooler, you have an advantage because you don't go into homeschooling 
with the same idealism that perhaps others go into it with who have never homeschooled before. There's a lot of wording around homeschooling that makes it seem like perhaps it's going to solve all your problems. Like children who are homeschooled are academically superior or children who are homeschooled, of course they don't struggle socially or children who are homeschooled, they go on to do amazing things. Okay. If you've been homeschooled, you know that there are kids that struggle academically. You know that there are kids that struggle socially. If you've been homeschooled, you know that it doesn't always work out perfectly. And if anything, that sets you up to have a more realistic homeschool experience. And I would say that parents that are concerned about whether they're putting their child in a box, I don't think they need to worry about that at all. Because if you're asking the questions, um, and you're actually really thinking about whether homeschooling is right for your child and you can you continue to ask that question, then you're going to be willing to look at all the different options that make it successful for your kid. You know, I have a son that's very, very physically active. So just staying home all day to, to homeschool was very difficult. There was pretty much not enough sports I could put him in to be successful homeschooling. He was so, so active. So I continued to look for opportunities until we found a good fit for him. And we have, we found a great fit for him. Or I have another son that loves science and regular homeschool curriculum. We kind of tapped out of that in junior high. And so we've had to look at many, many higher level science classes and then extra opportunities because I was trying to meet his needs. So if you continue to look at the needs of your child, I don't think you have to worry about whether uh, a certain curriculum is a perfect fit or whether they're going to love homeschooling or whether you'll be the homeschool perfect parent because you'll continue to ask those questions. You'll continue to be observant and you will be successful at finding the right fit for your child. And I wonder if people who have been homeschooled, who then turn around and homeschool their kids, I wonder if they're starting actually from a place of more confidence. You know how sometimes moms yeah. who were like, oh, no, I could never homeschool because yeah. you know they think you have to send them off. But like if you've seen it happen in your own life and your parents didn't ruin you, right. <laughs> like it, right. I think it would give you more confidence, maybe less intimidation to just say, hey, I'm homeschooling my kids. Yeah. Oh, I definitely have seen that where homeschoolers. Well, they've either had like an amazing experience and they're like, yes, I can yeah. totally do this. Or they're yes. like, I'm never homeschooling my child <laughs> yeah. ever. And because I way. did no homeschoolers, I, I have met a few like that. Yes. Um, so either way, they, there's mm -hmm. like, you know, if you've been homeschooled, it was a great experience. You have you have a confidence there. You're right that other people don't have yeah. to navigate. Will this work or not? Will yeah. my kids be successful? Yes. You know. It yes. works. But while we wrap up here, did you have any final encouragement either for this mom specifically or just for any homeschool moms listening today who are in the trenches? We're like in the middle of the year, where it's really like where we live. We were talking about we live in the north. It's really cold right now. It's yeah. just you kind of feel like you just don't want to do much. It's just hard yes. this time of year. What would you yes. say? Uh, well, I mean, as we're recording this, it's February and, you know, the big joke is in February, every homeschool parent wants to quit. February is the month when it's like, is, is this actually working? Mm -hmm. And here's the strange encouragement I'm going to give to you. If you actually feel that way, if you're like, I am so burned out and I just don't know if I can keep doing this, 
just quit for a month. Just like give yourself a break. It is okay to give yourself a break. Even if you feel like you're behind in your schoolwork, even if you feel like you have to catch up and just give yourself a break. If that means your kids just listen to audiobooks and watch educational movies for a month, it is okay. I could tell you stories for days of um, of the ways I was not the perfect homeschool parent and how it's all worked out. And, and I think that's the lesson we all need to remember is that we do not have to be perfect. We don't have to do this exactly right. There are so many ways to just encourage our kids to be learners. And um, so go out there and don't be perfect and enjoy being with your kids in the middle of February. Spring is coming. <laughs> That's good encouragement. I know because sometimes you feel like, no, I have to keep pushing through and then yeah. you just burn out. It is okay yes. to take a break, right? Sometimes okay. you just need yeah. it too, for sure. Sarah, where can people find you online and tell us a little bit about what you share on your blog? Well, I would love to connect with you through my blog. It's 10minutemomentum.com. And in that space, I talk about homeschooling, but also other education topics. Because I have kids that are in school and homeschooled, I kind of dabble in a lot of topics. But I love to talk about leadership, education, life skills, social skills, things like that. And really encourage moms to find the best educational solution for their kids in each season of life. Um, but we talk about all kinds of stuff. And I would love to meet you there if you um, want to connect. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today, Sarah. It was really fun to, to chat about this topic. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for being a podcast listener. If you have a question that you'd love to have answered on this podcast, please send me an email, abby at 41more.com. Thanks for joining us today. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.